and welcome to Wide Open Spaces with Elise, a podcast. This is season three, called The Journey, and this is episode number 86. We are all mental health warriors. Thank you so much for joining me today. Let's pop in our earbuds and let's take a mental health journey. If you'd like, you can check out a little bit more about me, Elise, at WideOpenSpacesWithElise.com. Elise is spelled I-L-I-S-E. This podcast evolved out of a global pandemic, and now we're moving on to a different phase with this podcast. Of course, it will always focus on mental health, but we are living with a global pandemic. And that comes with life challenges and life moves on. And there are many bumps in the roads and ups and downs. And that's what the focus as we move forward with wide open spaces with Elise that we will talk about. Now this title, we are all mental health warriors. Do you understand what that means? We are all mental health warriors. Some people like to believe or choose to believe that mental health issues are only for people who have been diagnosed with a mental health illness. If you are, you are a true mental health warrior because you've been dealing with it maybe for your entire life, but on a daily basis. But if you haven't been diagnosed, we all deal with things on a daily basis. And so we all have mental health issues. There has always been a stigma by saying, I have mental health issues. But through this pandemic, a lot of eyes and ears have been opened up to realize that it's not just about people with a diagnosis. It's about you and me and how we cope and move through the world. And because COVID was so hard and almost something out of a nightmare movie, a lot of people started to experience some mental health issues with anxiety and depression and mood swings and isolating and social anxiety and physical illness, feeling physically unwell because when our mind is not well, our body is not well. And it became a vicious cycle. And so it opened up a lot of people's eyes and ears to mental health and being accepting of mental health and taking that stigma away from it. Now, there will always be people who will look at having mental health issues as a weakness. I don't like to look at it as a weakness. I like to look at it as it's a challenge, whether it's a diagnosis, whether it's dealing with anxiety or grief or sadness, or having difficulty in your job, in your home life. 
I like to look at it as it's just the challenges of life and how we move through it and how we get through it or how we cope with it. So we're all mental health warriors in our own different and personal ways. Now, I have been extremely challenged this week. And a lot of times, I will give you stories of things that have happened way back in my past to help me identify with you and for you to see as the listener that you're not alone and other people feel these things. And though I might be describing a certain situation that's specific to me, you can almost relate when you've been through a similar situation. Or maybe you're going through that situation. And by listening on how it affected me and how I chose to dealt with it and whether it worked or backfired, my learning process helps you through your learning process. And so today, because I have had one of those weeks where my mental health warrior has had to put on her armor, grab her weapons, and figure out how to fight and get through each of these challenges. And so I'm going to share some of them with you. And if you read my blog, if you don't have full time to listen to this podcast, go to my blog. I talk about a few, but even after I wrote the blog yesterday, something else happened. That challenged me, two things actually, that challenged me to probably my highest point from sadness to anger to frustration. So I'm going to go through some situations that I have recently dealt with and how there were positive outcomes and not positive outcomes because all of these things are affecting my mental health causing me anxiety, sadness, frustration, anger, and somewhat hopeless in some of them. So, oh, and empowering, I should say. So let me share my first one. You know, we all have difficulties with relationships, and most of it always comes down to communication. So if you've had a difficulty communicating with somebody and they've upset you or things aren't the same and you just let your upset and your anger and all that just build up, the relationships tend to dissolve and it's all because of a lack of communication. So I have a friend who I've had for a very, very long time. And, and believe it or not, COVID plays a part in this because, you know, for so long you couldn't physically see people and get together with people. So relationships started to break down with people. And this was one where it started because of that. And different things were done and different actions were done and there were hurt feelings. Now, when I met with this person... I knew it wasn't probably just my feelings that were hurt because they were reacting to me the same way. And so I had to go into it with an open mind. And my first goal was just to listen, to listen, not to interrupt, even if I felt 
angry or disagreed with what they were saying. I wanted to hear them out. And it was probably the best thing that I did by hearing them out because when they started from the beginning of where our troubles were to today, you could see a pattern, you could see a cause and effect of why they were responding to me or acting in a certain way to me. And so I got a clearer picture. And then I, in turn, told that person how I felt and how it affected me and how my feelings were hurt. And there were a lot of tears involved because ultimately we both love each other and we want to be in each other's lives. But due to stubbornness and hurt feelings, both sides didn't communicate with each other. And so a possible friendship could have ended. However, in the end of a marathon long talk, we decided that we wanted to work on our friendship. We wanted to keep our friendship. And that in the future, no matter what it is, we are to come to each other with our frustrations or hurts or feeling insulted or slighted in any way. We come to each other and not to hold it in. And this way, through that communication, our friendship can progress. Now, this whole situation with this friend was breaking down parts of my mental health because... We would get together with groups and it was just awkward and uncomfortable and not what it was supposed to be. And through both of us making the effort because we felt it was important enough, we've worked it out. And a lot of it was misunderstanding and a lot of it was third-party people. So now... I don't have that particular mental health issue. I have, like they say, that huge weight lifted off my shoulder. But the build-up to it and getting to meet each other really made my anxiety spike and affected my mental health. But as we both walked out of our meeting, we both walked out as mental health warriors Because we took care of ourselves and we took care of our friendship. One level of communication. Communication is a core product that you must have in all relationships for them to be functional. And this was a good example of one of the many things I've had to deal with this week that had a positive, healthy outcome through communication. Now, my second encounter, unfortunately, wasn't as positive. Someone who had known me, has known me my entire life, was saying things behind my back. And for, honestly, about a year and a half, I kind of let it slide. I felt... This person's not going to hear me. This person isn't going to listen to me. It's only going to become a bigger thing. Stuff your feelings. 
put it somewhere, compartmentalize it. It's, it's just not worth it. But every time I heard what this person said about me, I became angry. I became frustrated. I became pissed off. My anxiety went up. My blood pressure went up as I talked about it. Not creating optimal mental health. Not being the warrior that I know that I am. And so this week, something came back to me again. And I sat for a minute as my blood pressure began to rise and my anger began to rise within my belly up to my throat. And I grabbed my phone and I began to write my feelings to this person. Now, why didn't I pick up the phone and text instead? Why did I text instead? Because I also have to know my audience. And my audience would have hung up on me or would have yelled at me and not listened or heard my words. And though I don't love texting things because they can be misconstrued, I am very good at reading it over and over and over and maybe even reading it to someone else to make sure that it's my intended goal of what the message should be. Now, how that person perceives it, whether it's in text or on a phone call or in person, I can't control that. And so I texted this person and I empowered myself. And my armor came on and my weapon was my words and expressing myself through communication. And I, of course, I was, you know, rapidly texting and da 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 and then would read it back about 10 times. And then finally, I hit the send button. And when I hit that send button, it didn't matter to me what the response was, how they responded, if they responded. I found my mental health warrior because hearing these things were no longer good for me. They were hurting me. And sometimes you can't come to terms with other people. And so, unfortunately, the text marked red and delivered has never come with a response. Maybe in time that person, when their anger cools down, they'll respond. And maybe they won't. But I could no longer let them have that power over me of every time I would hear something and putting that person in the middle of talking about me and then that person feeling like they have to tell me wasn't fair. So not only that, I've eliminated that process because I no longer want to hear anything that is said about me from that person. And so I communicated and they didn't. And sometimes that happens. Sometimes we don't get that happy ending like I did with my friend. Sometimes it's an open, unended, unclosed situation. Now, my third experience this week is on a different level. It's, it's, it does have a little bit of communication, but it's really internally about grief and what grief can do and how it can affect our mental health and how hard it really is to put your armor on and get your weapon and figure out how you're going to fight through the grief. 
So sadly, a good friend of mine's mother passed away and I went to the funeral. And it had been the first funeral that I had gone to since my dad had passed away about a year and a half ago. And I kind of realized that as I was sitting there, the gravity of it all. But I really, I mean, when I say you could probably see little hands inside my head pushing those thoughts away because I only wanted to focus on my friend and their family and their grief. It, it wasn't about me. And so as I listened to the rabbi and the rabbi's talking, he's like talking to me about how during the pandemic, people who lost loved ones didn't get to say goodbye, didn't get to visit them in hospitals. That was me. And I'm trying to push it away because I'm trying to focus on my friend and their family. And of course, there's tears in my eyes and I didn't want to look like I was crying and I'm you know, dabbing them because it's not about me. And when we left... In the Jewish religion, you go back to someone's house, it's called Shiva, and they have food and you mingle and you reminisce about the person who's passed away, or you're just a support system for your friend. You may have not even had a personal experience with the person who passed away. And so we went and it became overwhelming for me. And I started to realize Being here isn't the greatest thing for me. It's really making a lot of thoughts and bringing up a lot of memories and grief. And so at first, I told my friend we were going to leave. We only had been there about 20 minutes. And they asked us to stay. And I kind of fibbed a little bit and said we had somewhere else that, you know, we had to be at in a little bit. And we lived far away. And it bothered me because I'm like, Okay, I'm trying not to hurt their feelings, but at the time, I'm not being true to myself as to why I'm leaving. And again, this is all part of my grief process and me trying to be a mental health warrior and pushing through my grief. And so, of course, I mean, I was relieved when I got in the car and driving back home. I mean, that it was just behind me and I couldn't wait to take those clothes off, the black clothes. The whole thing was just resurfacing all my stuff. And I thought to myself, okay, I'm, I'm processing this. I'm, I'm understanding where the tears were coming from and the anxiety was coming from and feeling like I just wanted to run out of that, that funeral parlor. And I identified it. And that's great. That's part of our mental health. But I wasn't honest with my friend. And so later on when they reached out to me, and thanked us for coming, I was honest. And I said, I need to be honest with you. I left your house because it was my first funeral since my dad had passed. And it just brought up a lot of feelings. And I'm sorry that I had to leave. And I hope you understand. And I hope that you weren't offended in any way that we left. And of course they weren't. Of course they were saying sorry to me, which I didn't want them to say. But I felt good not only that I was honest with my friend, I was honest with myself. I became a mental health warrior in that moment of helping myself grieve through someone else's grief. 
and bringing up that emotions that would have come because eventually I would have had to go to somebody's funeral and it would have been my first time. And, and it kind of felt good in a weird way to get that moment over and to deal with my grief. And I felt so much better after I texted them and expressed myself. I'm a mental health warrior. Now, when I wrote my blog yesterday, those were the only three things I talked about. And then something else happened after I did my blog. All about communication again and things that happen that we can't control and how do we react and how do the people that we're with react. And it was about, again, anxiety, uh, being shaky and, and your body whole shaking and, and feeling dazed and confused and, and trying to put pieces together on how to handle the situation because you've been rattled. So I was taking my daughter to a music lesson in a town that I grew up in, actually, about 25 minutes away from where I live. And we were innocently sitting at a stoplight in my very new car. And my daughter was having a really hard day. And we were deep in conversation as we were sitting there at the red light. And all of a sudden, we feel a boom as our bodies go forward. And then we hear a crunch. The boom was a big SUV hitting the back of my car. And the crunch was them trying to disconnect themselves from where they locked with my car. Now, of course, if any of you have ever been in a car accident, that adrenaline starts pumping, your hands start shaking, your thoughts kind of get all garbly gook in your head, and I'm thinking, okay, first rule of law, move out of traffic. I move, I wait, I motion to the person behind me to go to the buildings to the right. I nervously get into the right lane. I make my right turn. I pull into where there's a Pollo Tropical and a CVS. And the lady and I get out of our cars. Now, she seems very nice. And she's like, I'm sorry. I was on my phone. There really was no way of her getting out of it. She rear-ended me and I was stopped at a red light. And I said, I understand it happens. You know, I look at my car at first. I'm like, not seeing much damage. My, my child is looking at my car. I go to look at her car. And of course, there's no damage because her car was much bigger than mine with a big metal grill. And I go back and my daughter starts showing me the dents and the license plates all bent in and it's damaged. Damage that has to be fixed on a brand new car. So she goes to her phone and I go to my phone and I call the non-emergency sheriff's department. And she comes back out and she goes, um, you know, I said, she said, I spoke to my husband. I spoke to my husband. She goes, oh, good. Our husbands will be here. They can handle it. And I said, no, my husband is not coming. I live far away. But the sheriff is coming. And she said, okay, I understand. I'm going to get in my car because it's hot. I said, same. 
Well, within five minutes, here comes our husband speeding into the parking lot and pulling in. And she gets out and he starts walking towards my car. So I get out and he goes, hello. And I said, hello. And he starts looking and touching my car and trying to wipe the black mark off my car and trying to pull on the bumper. And he's like, oh, that's nothing. That's nothing. They can pop that out and buff that scratch out. And, and I said, but the license plate is bent. And I don't know, there could be damage underneath the bumper, not just the bumper where he was pointing. And so he goes, oh, yeah, it can be fixed. We can just take care of this amongst ourselves. I said, I called the sheriff already. You what? I said, I called the sheriff. I said, we got in a car accident. My car is damaged. Well, you didn't have to do that. We can take care of this ourselves. I can just have it. I go, sir. Now, my kid is standing next to me. He's raising his voice. I'm talking to him very calmly because it doesn't matter what he said to me. I called the sheriff and I wasn't changing my mind. And he goes, we can just have this fixed. I'm like, sir, why are you arguing with me? I was sitting at a red light with my child. Your wife rear-ended me while she was on the phone. And when she pulled away from my car, our cars were locked and I heard crunch. And he goes, sons of bitches. And he walks away from me. Well, at this point, you can imagine what's going on internally inside myself. Uh, I'm shaking. I, I, I'm scared of this man because he was a misogynist. And he was a male chauvinist pig. And he was treating me like I didn't know what the hell I was talking about. Because I'm a woman. And what do I know about cars? Well, buddy, I do. And I'm an educated woman. And you are not going to step all over me. Especially in front of my daughter. Who I talk about how she should empower herself. And never let anybody step all over her. So in that moment, somehow, without any anger... I just said, sir, why are you arguing with me? And listed the facts to him. I get it. He didn't want his wife to get a ticket. He didn't want his insurance policy to go up for what he thought was not a big deal. Well, guess what? I have many friends who have had a fender bender. And they've had that exchange of phone numbers. And guess what? Then the person refuses to pay for it. I wasn't putting myself in that position. I wanted my car to fit, be fixed, not by some local mechanic, but by the company that built my car. And so I expressed myself. I communicated. Boy, did I put on my warrior uniform. That coat of armor was thick. And my means of fighting back was my words. But my words, not in an angry tone. Yes, in a forceful tone, because he was being a misogynist and talking down to me and doing it in front of my child. But I spoke up for myself. And so we, I got back in my car. The sheriff came. He starts asking them, what, asking her what happened. He, the man's talking, and he says to the man, were you in, in the seat, at the scene of the accident? No. He goes, well, then I need to talk to your wife. It was almost like the wife 
couldn't do anything without the husband there. He didn't want her to talk because he didn't want her to get a ticket. He was trying to, to control the whole situation. And my daughter and I are just watching this dynamic. I mean, talk about a lesson of dysfunctional nature that my daughter had to witness. And then this, they are in their car and the sheriff comes over to me and gets my information. I said, I have to tell you something. He tried to intimidate me and he was raising his voice at me. And the sheriff goes, I'm here now. You're safe. You're fine. Get in your car. And that was the best thing he could have ever said because I don't know that that man would have controlled himself and I would have had to respond. So the best thing was, like the sheriff said, sit in our cars. He did all the paperwork. And then I made sure that I left while the sheriff was still there so that the man couldn't confront me with his angry, inappropriate, male chauvinistic, misogynist tone. Now, we can't control people, but we can control ourselves. And that's where the warrior lies within us. That's where my warrior was. So within one week, and the week's not over, mind you, it's Wednesday, my suit of armor has been had to put on four times, my weapons of choice, which are my words in every situation, have served me well. And I'm a mental health warrior. Because in all four of those situations, even the ones I couldn't control, I empowered myself, I expressed myself appropriately, and the weight was lifted off of me. Because in words, there is power. In mending a relationship, there is power. In a relationship that can't be mended, but you've expressed yourself, there is power. In grief, and how we handle grief for it to not take over our lives. There is power. And in confrontational situations with people who just can't listen, but you express yourself appropriately, there is power. Now, I know in all those stories, maybe you had something similar happen to your, in your life. Or maybe you haven't. Or maybe something is going on that's in your life that has to deal with someone talking behind your back or a broken relationship, or grief, or dealing with people that just can't communicate on a proper level. You can put on your armor, and you can choose your weapon of choice on how you want to deal with these situations. Remember, it's about empowering yourself. I mean, vision yourself right now as a warrior, how would you look? What would you be wearing? Really envision it in your head. For me, it's like that, that suit that the knights put on, you know, those big metal armors that they put on and they, they hold those um, sticks with the little pointy thing at the end. That's how I see myself there with my chest pumped out and I'm ready. I'm ready to be that warrior to take care of myself and to take care of my mental health. And if you need to get that vision in your head a little bit to kind of gain the strength, because let's be real, all of those incidents that I had were hard to deal with. I mean, my adrenaline was going in every one of them. My nerves were going in every one of them. Tears were flowing in a couple of them. 
Anger was in other ones of them. And just letting go. But that warrior that I envisioned myself gave me the strength to be that mental health warrior. So I saw this quote today and actually sent it to my daughter. And it says, when you can't control what is happening, control the way you respond to what is happening. That is where your power is. And that's all about what I was talking about. How you gain your power in different situations that are kind of just wearing you down. They're, they're really affecting your mental health. And remember, if our mental health isn't good, our physicality isn't good. Physical things start happening. It's a vicious cycle. Here's another quote. The experience I have had is that once you start talking about experiencing a mental health struggle, you realize that actually you're part of quite a big club. Prince Harry. And I thought that was really, um, when I read it, um, when the, the queen was buried this week and we saw all the pomp and circumstance of her funeral and seeing a lot of Prince Harry and knowing the things that he went through. And then I kind of stumbled on this quote. It really took on a, a new meaning for me. The experience I have had is that once you start talking about experiencing a mental health struggle, you realize that actually you're part of quite a big club. So ultimately what that means is there's a lot of mental health warriors out there. And why not be a part of that club? I fight for my health every day in a way most people don't understand. I'm not lazy. I'm a warrior. This is by thepaintedteacup.com where I got this quote. I'm a warrior. This one is by Leonard Cohen, excuse me. There is a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. Beautiful. There's cracks in everything in our life. And through those cracks, there's a light. And it's, do we walk in that light? Do we feel that light? Do we embrace that light? Or do we hide in the darkness? And that's a decision you have to make when it comes to your mental health. This one is by Margaret Thatcher, another Brit. You may have to fight a battle more than once to win it. So always keep that in mind. Even though you express your feelings, it doesn't mean for me that that person won't stop talking about me. And I may have to express myself again if I choose to, if I feel that it's affecting my mental health. But sometimes we have to remember it may not be that one time there may have to be more attempted efforts with your your warrior armor on and your weapon of choice to cope and deal with it this one is for anything in mental health don't believe everything you think unknown i mean how many times have we had thoughts that we keep thinking about and then the thoughts change and they almost take a life on of their own because they start getting out of control. So remember, don't believe everything you think, especially if you're ruminating on it. This is by Brené Brown. Vulnerability, vulnerability sounds like truth and feels like courage. Truth and courage aren't always comfortable but they're never a weakness because you've got that armor on and you're 
having courage and you're saying your truth and you're doing your truth, it only empowers you, ultimately. Now, my favorite, if you all know, Pink is my favorite artist, and I found a quote by her. What I love about therapy is that they'll tell you what your blind spots are. Although that's uncomfortable and painful, it gives you something to work with. Pink. And that is the beauty of when you're struggling and you can't do things on your own and you go to therapy. They're like a neutral partner. and They really can see your reactions and what you're saying and putting it together and the, the situations. And they're able to show you things that you can't see. That blind spot, as Pink refers to. This is by C.S. Lewis, the author. Mental pain is less dramatic than physical pain, but it is more common and also more hard to bear. The frequent attempt to conceal mental pain increases the burden. It is easier to say, my tooth is aching, than to say, my heart is broken. And in that, it's where you put on that mental health warrior. And not to take the easy route and say, oh, my tooth hurts. When really you're breaking down inside and the pain is unbearable. Go with it head on in the most appropriate, communicative way that you can. And my last one, Maya Angelou, who I always love. You may not control all the events that happen to you, but you can decide not to be reduced by them. And just like I told you, the text that I sent, I didn't get an answer. But I feel empowered and I will not be reduced by the silence that has come from that text the lack of a text back. Okay, now here's your work for this week. I want you to put on your armor, visualize that armor, and something that's really been weighing you down. I want you to become a mental health warrior for yourself and go and handle it appropriately and stop avoiding it, whatever it might be. Because in the end, there may not be a resolution, but there will be a sense of relief for you. And that's what you need for your mental health. Go out and explore all those wide open spaces in your world. Do some fun things today and this week. Make a plan. Remember, positive thoughts always create positive energy. Thank you for joining me for episode number 86. We are all mental health warriors. Go out and be a warrior. And until next time, my friends, ciao, aloha, mahalo, and merci beaucoup.